Round the Back is part of Podnose, the UK's leading independent entertainment podcasting network. For episode archives of Round the Back and all of the shows on the network, visit us at www.podnose.com. You can also follow us on Twitter at Podnose or send us an email via admin at podnose.com. Good evening, David. Hey, man. Hey, man. <laughs> I can't sort of stay in it now. Well, it's like you've broken it the do, seal. It's not right. It doesn't work, does it? Mm, no. I'm not. No. Okay. You can't pull it off. And I don't know why exactly that is. I don't know. I'm just not... I'm not cool enough, I don't think. Cool. I'm not cool enough. Cool, cool. Cool, cool. It could do you, be, could you, be do you ever Do you ever drop in, uh, drop in the odd man? Oh, yeah. I mean, it depends entirely on the audience. <laughs> right, okay. On the Not as in I'm in front of an audience, but the... Who you're with? Who I'm with? You mean your? You mean you refer to your friends as the audience, don't you? When you go out? Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Because I'm the performer. Who are you out with tonight, Joe? Just, no, the, just the audience. Your regular audience. <laughs> <laughs> no, it does depend on the context, and uh, I do, um, uh, you know, work in some circles where the hey man, yeah. it's more appropriate. Oh right, the music world, of course. Because I have to, yeah, I have to portray this image of being kind of like a cool kind of. That must be hard. It's, it's really <laughs> tough. I'm constantly on my toes. <laughs> <laughs> that's ballet, mate. And that's crafts. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> um, yeah. What? Where? Don't worry. Welcome. And you. to uh, it's, Well, you should welcome me, really. But <laughs> yeah, no, welcome to, uh, welcome, to, welcome to our podcast, Joe. Thank you, Dave. Episode 42. Two. Uh, yes. You're getting it right this time. Yes, I've done some... I look back on the numbers. You were right, yeah. I'm the number keeper. You yeah. are the gatekeeper. Uh, and you're the key holder. Mm. Um, is this a Ghostbusters reference? It is actually. <laughs> yeah. Yes, uh, Sigourney Weaver and that, the other the that guy, weird fella, the little guy. Yeah, little, uh, don't see him anymore, do we? No. I believe what we're doing now. This is called a tangent, isn't it, Dave? Yeah, and we, we've gone off on it. It does happen. Yes. So, have you? Uh, what, what do you have for dinner? Oh blimey! <laughs> Caught me off guard there. Um, I actually had a uh, a chili con carne. A chili con carne. Yeah, slow cooker job. Oh yeah. Yeah, it's lovely. It was All right. Very nice, with a bits of uh, well, the rice obviously, and that's uh, a key component, really. Some isn't garlic it? bread, yeah. And you, uh, do you do you have any meals ever that don't involve garlic bread? No, I don't. I do like garlic. I mean, I put garlic in most things, and obviously some things on it bread. doesn't. Some, some things it doesn't work, right? Um, but a lot of the time, it does. <laughs> okay. A little, little kit. I do. Yeah, I'm a fan of it. I'm, so, I'm not going to lie. So if I, I I'm going to lying. I'm going to name some foods now. Okay. And you can say garlic, yay or nay. All right. Okay. Yeah. Cereal. Nay. Fruit. Nay. Ghetto. Nay. <laughs> um. <laughs> this is a good game. Really try play this at home. I'm ruling out the ridiculous ones. Okay. About drinks, any? No, nay. Good, staying within the rules. Yes. Uh, fried breakfast. Nay. Good. Well, it, it turns out I never use garlic. Actually, <laughs> that, well, I wanted to rule out the the ones that would just be absolutely revolting if you did add. Yeah. Garlic. Now I'm talking your your uh, your base 
meals, your sauces, you know. I tell you what I do, I throw it I throw some clothes in when I do roast potatoes. Clothes. Some clothes, yes, yeah. <laughs> Anything I'm wearing, they go in. <laughs> yeah. This tangent, I believe, is... Yeah, um, come on, let's get back to it. I've been fine, by the way, normal things, you know, all that. All I was going to ask. Were you? Of course I was, yeah. didn't last week, so... Did I not? No, no. Dan was here. He was just I had to distracting me. <laughs> uh, yeah, should we get on then? Go on then. Yeah, yeah, I thought you wanted to talk to me about something. Was that it? You wanted to talk about my dinner? Well, I just wanted to throw... Not really, actually. Oh. I just wanted to throw in something. I, I was at the um, the pub the other day uh, oh, with a couple again. of mates. Mm. I know. With the audience. Because with the audience, yeah. And I was performing away. <laughs> Mm. Um, it's becoming a problem, yeah. Sure. Uh, but there were, you know, how in pubs these days it's kind of trendy to have like uh, little bookshelves everywhere. You can sort of uh, with real books that you can okay. look at. Yeah. And um, one of them there was uh, Alan Titchmarsh's autobiography. Probably a good read. Yeah. Are you aware of it? I'm not. I'm aware of him. I'm not aware of his book. No. Okay, because it was. It's one of those things that it kind of had to be there. But the title of the book, yes, as titles of autobiographies are often very amusing. Yeah, uh, it really got us laughing. Okay, 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 and it's called this: Alan Titchmarsh, Travel and Error. <laughs> that is good. Good, isn't it? That is really good. Because I know you're obviously you're a fan of the puns. Yeah, yeah, I like that. Uh, He's done well there. Yeah, I just I feel like you're instantly undermining your, the importance and the seriousness of your book if you put yeah. trowel and error. It does take away the, the gravitas. Slightly. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, it's like he's making a metaphor for life. You know, you know, trial and yeah. error. You know, that's life. You go through you know um, the trials and tribulations of life. Yeah, but to put a, a gardening <laughs> pun in there. Oh, gardening! I thought it was a plasterer. <laughs> Yeah. So, so, did you have a read of it, or did you just carry on with your with your? Uh, no, we drinks? just we just laughed at Alan. <laughs> did you and his trowel and his yeah and his errors? Oh, yeah. Good. Well, I'm sure there's been many. It's um, well, no, that's life, isn't it? Yeah, that's what all the people say. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> okay. So that's it. I just wanted to bring up trowel and error. Ridiculous book title uh, of all the uh, classic cheesy titles to autobiographies well footballers are very guilty of that as well there's some very funny ones out there and they're often their nickname like yes. Jamie Carragher's was called Cara yeah original like, why would you seriously like is that as original as you get I know I can't think of any others off of my head uh, the, 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 the top of my head um, Gaza yeah his was called Gaza I think Roy Keane's is called Kino so oh was it seriously oh really is I, th- it? I think it might be yeah oh dear yeah, so it's kind of stupid stuff like that. Okay. Anyway, Dave, should we crack on to yeah. our usual beginning point, which is the news? Yes. Here we go. The news. Oh! Would you like some news? That was horrendous. I couldn't even look at you, though. What happened to your face? That was awful. I made myself laugh too much. And was... I couldn't really complete the... Um... No. <laughs> the, the panting was genuine, wasn't it? No. <laughs> yes. Yes, it was. Because I, I made a funny face to try and make you laugh, and then you it laughing worked. set me off completely. It worked. So... Um... <laughs> I haven't got a funny face, either. Oh, dear. Uh, funny, no, uh, special maybe. Yeah, would be special, a better word. Yeah, okay. speckle, speckle. Uh, yeah. So, <laughs> oh, I need to regain my composure now. Um, Get your journalism head on. Thank you. Come on. Yes. Right. Uh, there, there we go. go. It's on. Um, 
my source for this, Dave, is the sun. Oh, okay. Well, okay. Well, so it should be accurate and factual then. Fact, factual, actual, factual. Yes. Um, I, you know, there's been a, a theme that I've created of conspiracy news, and I, I thought I'd let you know that this week is a week off. Oh, so those conspiracy wow. fans out there who I've been consistently upsetting uh, yeah. can have a week of, of you know, um, Alan's deep bath. And next week you'll have about seven of them to make up for it. I may do. They're everywhere. Anyway, so um, the, the headline just is a again, it's an attention catcher. Okay, the father, the bum. And the Holy Ghost. <laughs> right? Yeah. Some head- bad panto. That's your headline. Okay. The Father, the Bum, and the Holy Ghost. Okay. okay. I can only imagine. And the, the tagline is this. Mysterious note found stuffed inside an ancient Jesus statue's bum. Maybe a 300-year-old time capsule. <laughs> Maybe. <laughs> a, a, t- a mysterious a, a, note. A suppository time capsule. Mm. Yes, could be. So let me just, I feel like it's a slightly unexpected tagline after the headline. So I'll just read that again. <laughs> yeah. Mysterious note found stuffed inside an ancient Jesus statue's bum, maybe a 300-year-old time capsule. 300 years old? Yeah. Are you aware of the concept of time capsules and what that... Yeah, that, people put items in there that, of, of the time that, yeah. that it's happening and hide them somewhere or bury them or... In this case, secrete them. No, yeah. is that the right term? Mm, no, no. We talked about this before, haven't we? S- to secrete would be to re- he would Jesus would be releasing it. Yes, yeah. So yes, which which he has done in this case. Uh, well, it was found in his bum. Okay, so, so he didn't. No, I guess it was a successful time capsule because it was found three hundred years later. Good. Oh. Whereas, uh, I guess the most famous modern-ish time capsule would be Voyager One spacecraft. Was that in Star Trek? No. Oh. That was Star Trek Voyager was a TV show, but Voyager One was is a satellite that's now shot out of the solar system and is going just out there, out into the into interstellar space. Well, you're not going to get that back. And it's got a disc on it with a load of pictures, um, like a vinyl disc with a load of information encoded onto it, pictures and some music. Uh, Chuck Berry and Bark are on there, so that's a that's a time capsule. Well, that's it's a going treat, isn't space. it? That's a treat. Yeah. Here's some pervert music. There you go. He is a bit of a pervert, isn't yeah. he? Apparently he liked um, relieving himself on ladies. Who doesn't? <laughs> Shall I get back to the story yeah. at hand? Yeah. Because <laughs> no, we've gone on to an interesting topic there. Libelous. Um, so the message that was found in this ancient Jesus statue's bum uh, was in calligraphy dating back to 1777. Uh, and it had been stuffed up the Messiah's backside by a priest <laughs> in 1777. Did he? Yes. <laughs> what are you doing to that um, Jesus Christ ornament? Oh, nothing. No, nothing? No, no, just um, inspecting Jesus from behind. You're not secreting anything, are you? <laughs> no. no. <laughs> On your way. Well, who's that an impression of? The, the priest? Yeah, of course. Yeah. Uh, a Spanish priest, because oh, yeah. that's where he's from, right? Right. Um, restorers See. of an 18th century statue of Jesus Christ in Spain have found a handwritten note hidden up his bum. The message written carefully in calligraphy messaged... Uh, that's an incredibly badly written article. Thank you, The Sun. The message written carefully in calligraphy dates back to 1777. Uh, has been stuffed had been stuffed up the Messiah's backside by a priest preserving it like a time capsule. It contains key information about the period and details on popular pastimes, the economic situation, political and religious matters, famous people and other topics. Okay. So it's quite a successful time capsule. Yeah, it so seems they, to have lots of information. Yeah, on yeah, there. yeah. 
Um, the document is signed by Joaquin Minguez, priest of the Cathedral of Burgo de Osma at the time, and was recently unearthed by workers of the restoration company Da Vinci Restauro. Uh, today, the wooden statue... Wooden statue? Oh, right. Okay. I didn't know you could get wooden statues. Oh, yeah, you can get wooden statues, metal statues, um, clay statues, paper statues. That's interesting. Now that I think about it, of course you can. Ceramic statues. Thank you. But uh, I thought the word... Denim statues. Denim? No, you can't get (laughs) denim statues. Well, why not? Because you can't. stand up. I'm glad we sorted that out. Um, So the the wooden statue is kept in the church of uh, Santa Agueda in the village of Sotillo de la Ribera in the northern Spanish province of Burgos. (laughs) I just dropped it for that last name. The document, carefully handwritten on both sides of two pages, was found when restorers removed a piece of fabric used to cover Christ behind. What, his pants? Is that what they mean? They removed his pants? Well, yeah, maybe he had some pants. Yeah, There was a crack under his pants. I should hope he did. Uh, There was a crack under his pants in the bum region. Yeah. So maybe the sculptors have actually sculpted his bum bum. Details. To say it twice makes it funnier, by the way. Um, what other things are in there? <laughs> as well as naming the statue sculptor and including data on local information ranging from agricultural matters to community affairs, the document highlighted common diseases, popular children's games, and even the names of popular bullfighters of the time. And according to experts, all these references indicate Joaquin Minguez's intention to make one of the earliest time capsules ever left behind. For the future generations to discover. Well, hats off to him. What's his name? Wacky Minguez. Wacky Minguez, yeah. Wacky Minguez. Yeah. That's that's actually quite interesting. I thought that was... Quite an interesting story. I thought that was a nice mix of amusing and interesting. Yeah. I would... um, Would you? I would like to know (laughs) more about what was in there. But I guess it would be... It wouldn't be relevant to me because I'm not a historian. Yes, and and being from the Sun, what they'll do is they'll tell you that there's interesting things in there. Yeah. But because of their readership and who they're pitching to, they won't actually tell you anything interesting no. from it because the, it would be too interesting. The for their crux audience. of the story for them was it it was in Jesus's bum. Yeah. Yeah. But actually, the interesting uh, socio-political things that are on there are irrelevant. To yeah. Them. It doesn't matter. Oh, that look! It says, look, there are some interesting things in there. What were they? Doesn't matter. I don't know. It was in his bum bum, though. Oh, bum bums. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. yeah, so there we go. That's my story number one, Dave. That's really nice. Thank you. <laughs> nice. Um, really nice. I'm trying to think of Ooh. bum jokes, but uh, nope, nothing. Should we leave that story behind? Yes. Okay. Oh, I just made one. It was straight over my head, Joe. Yeah. Straight over my head. You I t- cracked it. Yeah. Oh, another one. Mm. Oh, if I if I don't think of any soon, I'll be the I'll be the butt of all your jokes. Oh, I'm sorry. That's true. I'm so sorry. You will. Okay. I was trying to think of a sphincter related one, but I couldn't quite leave the Egyptians out of it. True. Right. Okay. I've got a story for you, and this is on a subject we have covered before. Okay. Have we? Now? Okay. <laughs> okay. Uh, woman. With sexual, it's about a woman. Why do all your stories start with you going woman? Woman. And this like that's how I talk to my wife. Woman, woman with sexual attraction to objects proposes to her chandelier. Amazing! It's another objectum sexual. Exactly. Yeah. This I love is from, this topic. Uh, this is from the Metro. Okay. A woman who is sexually attracted to objects has just got engaged to a chandelier. Fantastic! Congratulations. Yeah. Amanda Liberty. A 33-year-old objectum sexual from Leeds claims she fell in love at first sight after seeing the chandelier listed on eBay last year. She bought the light fitting, now affectionately called Lumiere. Lumiere, isn't that what the... That's Beauty and the Beast, isn't it? Lumiere. 
Yeah, I'm sure that's one of the characters from Beauty and the Beast. I don't watch children's TV. Hey, come on. <laughs> It's a it's a moving. St- uh, she uh, she now uh, she bought the light fitting from the seller in Germany for four hundred pounds, and it arrived Bloody six hell. days later. That, that's not important, really. So is, is, it? is eBay like a like a dating site like Tinder for object, pretty much objects and sexuals? She, yeah, yeah, very much so. You can yeah. go to the like house and home section and just yeah. It's either it's either porn. Or dating, I'm not quite sure. It depends how serious. Bit you're of taking. both, maybe. Yeah, yeah. Well, while that, you're at it, that sounds like a fantastic hybrid app, doesn't it? Yeah. Porn slash dating. Yeah. Have a look at these, and while you're looking, talk do, to this person. Do that. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um, There's so, a million dollar idea there. Yes. Um, so uh, now she regularly showers Lumiere with cuddles and kisses, even proposing on Valentine's Day and presenting the light with an engagement ring. <laughs> <laughs> I guess you could hang it off the. This one was quite sweet in a way. Yeah. But I'm glad you finished the sentence because I thought you were going to say she showers regularly it, showers, which it, is dangerous. Or showers with it. It's an electrical item. Yeah, that, that is a no-no. Well, if it is an electrical chandelier, some are just chandeliers, aren't they? Well, it w- it would be electrical to to light. Up. Yeah, you do just get them. Some of them that are just like glass ornament. And stuff, oh, an ornament. Don't you? Okay, yeah. I think this is. Uh, I don't know what the. I don't know. It doesn't matter. Um, <laughs> she says, uh, "Last Valentine's Day, I proposed to her to signify our long-lasting love." Amanda said, "I hope at some point we will have a commitment ceremony." <laughs> I haven't been engaged before, so it's very new and exciting. However, rather scandalously, Amanda goes to bed with a completely different chandelier, a smaller and thinner one called Jewel. Oh, that's going to make Lumiere jealous. Well, but she insists that she is in an open relationship with all 25 of her chandeliers (laughs) and that that they are all genuinely happy with the arrangement. (laughs) Oh, because of course they're sentient and can make such a decision. Yes, yes. She says, uh, none of my my chandeliers... (laughs) Sorry. Uh, sorry, what? Nothing, She's no. from Leeds. Yeah. Uh, none, 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 none of my chandeliers are jealous of each other, Amanda said. They understand that I love the, them all for their different personalities. Because they're individuals. <laughs> for example, I love kissing and cuddling Lumiere, but I sleep with Jewel every night as she is portable and very nice to goodle. <laughs> Amanda first realised she was sexually attracted to objects when she fell in love with a drum kit at the age of 14. Then, on a trip to the US years later, she fell in love with the Statue of Liberty, whom she affectionately calls Libby. (laughs) Yeah. After this whirlwind romance, she changed her own last name to Liberty in 2010 by Deed Pole. I I feel like we've heard of of Liberty, uh, well, of of Mrs. Liberty. Oh, really? Before. Perhaps. Perhaps. Go back to the um, the archives. The, yeah, the library. Um, I've always I, I, I've always loved the look of chandeliers, and when you, when you, I saw my first chandelier, Luna, it was love at first sight. She said, "You can't control who you fall in love with," and, the, and things just went from there. Amanda, Amazing. Amanda claims her feelings are totally natural, and that she can sense the energy coming from the chandeliers and other inanimate objects. She said, I want others to see how happy the chandeliers <laughs> make me and how much they've enriched my life. I'm not hurting anyone by entering into a relationship with them. I am simply just following my heart. <laughs> yeah. I just think entering into a relationship. Mm. It's a two-way thing, isn't it? Yeah, but you, I don't see how one party is able to make that decision 
No. I mean, we don't know. I mean, these chandeliers could be, they might not be happy. And, and they're held at the... Saying you can sense the energy from them. Like, yeah. I, I find that troubling, because if, if you're objecting sexual, then great. I, I'm, I, you know... Uh, yeah, like she said, she's not hurting absolutely anyone. Absolutely fine. She's not hurting anyone, and great. That's absolutely fine. However, you have to accept that you're not. You don't sense energy from them. You don't. There's nothing <laughs> no. scientific about that. You will not sense any energy from an inanimate object. Do you think she got a static shot from one of them? Was like, oh, I love you too. Yeah, one of them. Quite possibly, especially if it's a you know maybe maybe a fucking mains power shock. Um, yeah, if it is, if it is not, if it is a mains power one, as we yeah previously debated, or maybe it's made out of plutonium, and she's being you know <laughs> slowly melted alive from the inside out. That would explain the uh, mind issues. <laughs> well, I wouldn't say there are no. any, Dave. No. Oh, of course, yeah. <laughs> Love what you want. Just, just in you know, don't just be care. Just be safe. Yeah. Don't shower with them if they're electric. <laughs> Uh, but there you go. That is uh, a story about Amanda Liberty, objectum sexual. I'm a big fan, Dave, of both the story and your uncanny ability to do regional impressions of, of the UK. It is one of my uh, strings, shall we say. Oh, to, to the proverbial bow. To my... Huge bow. <laughs> look at my huge bow, Joe. Oh, <laughs> my huge bow, Joe. <laughs> That's something else. I'm, Don't look at my huge bow, Joe. I'm not going to give you a bow, Joe. <laughs> okay? Okay. We've had this discussion. Have we? No, and I don't think we should. No? Probably no. not wise. No. More news, though, would be nice. Oh, yeah? Do we have more? We have one more, oh, Dave. It's, it's, it's all news this week. Uh, this is uh, vegetable news. Oh, yeah? Vegetable slash World War II bomb news. <laughs> yeah, the two are often combined. Inexplicably. <laughs> yeah. Yes. Um, literally inexplicably in this case. Uh, so, German police find World War II bomb was a big courgette. <laughs> Explains your question earlier. Is your is yours is yours a courgette one? <laughs> no. We were checking whether we had accidentally the same story so yeah. we don't trip over each other. And date what did you ask me? Is yours a is yours a I just said is yours a story about a woman? Uh, I said no. Is yours a story about a courgette? No. And I said no. no. Aubergine. <laughs> so German police find World War 2 bomb was in fact a big courgette. Okay, so a German man feared a monster courgette he found in his garden was an unexploded World War II bomb and called the police. Mm -hmm. The five kilogram... Nine, nine, nine! (laughs) Literally. (laughs) The five kilogram... Wow. Five kilogram courgette had probably been thrown over a hedge. What? From a very strong person. How did they deduce that? Thrown over a hedge into the 81-year-old's garden, police had said. Luckily, no evacuation was required uh, in Breton, a town near Karlsruhe in southwestern Germany. The 40-centimetre or 16-inch vegetable, vegetable, also called a zucchini, depending on where you're from in the world, yeah, uh, really did look like a bomb, the police <laughs> said. Okay. And I think they might be being kind to this poor old gentleman. Yeah. Um, because if it was thrown over a fence, mm. it would land on the garden. Yes. Right? Correct. But let's deduce what would happen to a World War II bomb that was unexploded. Bombs are dropped from planes. Yes. Planes are probably going to be quite high up. 
Mm. That bomb isn't going to land on your garden and remain on the foliage <laughs> on the surface, for no. about 75 years. It might make a bit of a dent. It might do. It might, it might, in fact, bury itself underground. Do you think they came and they took it away and then an hour later it's, right, where's, that, where's my bloody aubergine that I've been growing all this time? <laughs> oh, I don't know. It was here. But, uh... Is that your elderly German man yes, impression? Uh, well, you've got... Is, is it is mine! Does he... Uh, mate, aubergine! Are there any quotes in this story? you got to the accent. Oh, shit. Uh... It really did look like a bomb. No, that's a terrible accent. Uh, Once police... I'm going to move on quickly. Mm -hmm. Once police had reassured him following the early morning call-out, the pensioner disposed of the courgette himself. Probably ate it, I reckon. Well, not in one go. Well, hopefully not. Be a pretty swift end after that, I reckon. Many unexploded bombs dropped by the British RAF or the US Air Force have been unearthed in Germany, usually during construction work. Yeah. Probably because they've buried themselves underground. <laughs> yeah. Not landed on a pensioner's garden and he suddenly no noticed one, it. No one's seen that in all these years. Crazy. Uh, so that's my... That's a, <laughs> it, was, it wasn't a bomb. It wasn't a bomb. It was a vegetable. It was a vegetable. It was a five kilogram vegetable. That's massive as well, isn't it? I'm just thinking about that. Now. 40 centimetres. That's over a foot. Yeah. yeah. That's a, a third more than a foot. It's a foot and a third, one okay. might say. <laughs> Just all 40 centimetres. You could go there, yeah. 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 Metric. I had to imperialise it for our American listeners. Okay, because fine, they, fine. they're still in the... And for uh, our older listeners. That too, yeah. That too. That too. <laughs> <laughs> well, that's your... Uh, I mean, that's your news. as we say, news, it's reported as it happens... Um, and this is the outlet, outlet for the stories that matter. The most pressing, most important uh, news stories around. Yeah. Brexit what? Aubergines. Yep. Again, you know, just, just, this, this <laughs> stuff that needs could be to... a title. <laughs> Brexit what? Aubergines. Yeah. Perfect. Write that down. Can you take make a note of that? Oh, okay. I'll try. Yeah, go on. Then. So uh, I've got, whilst you're noting that, Dave. Please. I've got a brief follow-up from something that we discussed last week about uh, our man Sergio Ramos. Oh, yeah. Because he wore the hilarious mask, didn't he, Dave? And uh, He did. You're now going to remind us what was written on it, because I can't remember. Uh, yes, it said, um, work hard. Dream big. Dream big. That was it, wasn't yeah. it? Yeah. And last week, Dan tried to correct you, didn't he, and got it wrong. Yeah. Um, he does that. He does that. He does that. Oh. Uh, so... He was sent off in that game for a record 19th time. He's an animal, isn't he? Yeah, he is. Whilst wearing his face mask with the ridiculous inscription of work hard. Dream big. Thank you. Uh, And Madrid drew nil-nil with Athletic Bilbao to lose the chance to catch up on Barcelona, who appear to be running away with La Liga this year. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. And yeah, he's an absolute animal. And remember the Champions League final controversy... Um, surrounding him yeah. and that other player, Quadrado. It was it was horrible. It was it was um it was simulation of the uh, of the highest degree. I I struggle with Sergio Ramos because he's obviously pure quality, but he just seems to he lets himself down, doesn't he? He does. Yeah, he's a cheater. He's a cheater. I'd go that far. He's a cheater. He's a cheater and a and a liar, so... and he's a as a pervert. Well, I don't know about that. Let's just assume. <laughs> but yeah, I think, it, you know, uh, work hard, dream big. Maybe he dreamed a little bit too strongly in that game, got himself sent off. Mm. Bit of an Icarus situation. Maybe he couldn't see. Flew too close couldn't to the see sun. properly with his uh, face mask. Maybe obscuring. not. Obscuring. Probably. Uh, he was too busy dreaming big. Maybe. He was just J-dreaming. Yeah. J-dreaming. J-dreaming. 
while you're uh, talking about the Champions League, yes, actually, yes. Um, we should congratulate all of the Premier League teams that were contesting in the group stages because they have all qualified. First time ever, I think that yes, that we've that had any five country, British teams. that England or any any country. I think any country. We'll go with that then. Yeah, has had five teams in the knockout stages. Knockout stages. Obviously, that is because. Four teams qualified from the Premier League and Man United won the Europa Europa League. Indeed. All group winners, four out of five group winners, just uh, just Chelsea that uh, let the side down. Well, you know, you can't, we can't win everything. <laughs> well, the thing is like the Champions League is, uh, it's uh, qualifying is, it's just like any European championships, like uh, Portugal won in the Euros, right? Yeah. Do you remember where they finished in their group? Uh, yeah. Third. Third. Yes. So with the new qualifying thing where certain teams mm. can go through on third place, it really doesn't mean anything once you're through. You may face the first team, the team that came first from one of the groups, but other than that, you're a strong oh, they're, team. They're you all, made it through to a knockout. It doesn't matter. They're all, they're all quality opponents, aren't they? They're they're all, sure are. They're, they're all quality, top-notch, top-notch opponents. So it doesn't matter who you get. So it's, every, game's a t- every game's a tough game. Or in a day, they could beat anyone. You know, at the end of the day, it's about the three points, isn't it? Well, yeah, qualifying. You know, isn't you it? know. yeah, it's about qualifying. But the next thing is about getting three points on the board. Even though it's in yeah. a knockout stage and there's yeah. no points involved. So first game get no points. Second game get get the free. You know what I mean? That's what you want. <laughs> or first game get one point and then get the free. Or, or then or, get two the next game. Or just get or just and get that one point. Free. Or just get one point in the first game, one point in the second game, but score more goals than that. And especially if you score more goals when you're away. That's what I always say. And that equals three points. Yeah, that basically is a, is, a, is, a, is, a, is another three points. So that's, that's, that's you through, mate. That's you through. You're done. See you later. Right. That's how, that's the Champions League summary, really. Yeah, yeah. 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 And I told you about my... Um, no, you didn't. My sort of keenness to finish off the sentence at the end of the Champions League song, didn't I? Yes, yes, you did. Yeah, good. You're gonna, you, so you're looking forward to when it kicks off again? I'm yeah. looking forward to when I really get into the Champions League, which is off to, which is from this point onwards. Mm, and then drop it gets out. interesting. Dropout stage? Knockout stage. <laughs> Dropout. Uh, yeah, and um, just finishing off that, uh, just saying league at the end of the song. Yeah. <laughs> League, <laughs> yes. So in a very deadpan manner. Yeah, yeah. With the inflection sort of going down, like league. And you would do that at home on your own, and or and you would also do that down the pub with the audience. Yeah, especially with the audience. Yeah, okay, yeah. good. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> um. So yes, Liverpool won seven nil. No, I mean on I mean, yes. <laughs> yes, yes, they did. Yeah. Um, Coutinho hat trick looks like he's re-established himself back in the Liverpool team because the, the um, all the news about him moving to Barcelona was the biggest and most distracting story of that summer. It was so such an ongoing, long, drawn-out story. It was almost like the Pogba to United thing that just took forever. Yeah, and yet it didn't happen. And here he is uh, playing amazingly well for Liverpool. He was amazing for them at the yeah. Premier League at the weekend as well, and now banging in a hat trick, which Champions is only going to increase his transfer value. Absolutely. <laughs> When January comes round, I mean, with the, today's money, you imagine how much a hat trick in the Champions League increases your value. Oh, you're talking tens of millions, thousands. Oh, oh yeah, yeah, wait, yeah. No, wait, <laughs> no, wait, wait. What? Okay. Um. Yeah. And United scraped it. Chelsea drew. Yeah. But they're That's through anyway. Right. So Don't who, worry about it. Who cares? We're all through. Who was top of the Chelsea group? Is it Atletico? Atletico. Yes. Yeah. Yes. But so uh, it's irrelevant, isn't it? Like we just said, it doesn't matter. Sort of. But it makes it very likely that they will be an, uh, facing off of two English teams. Is that allowed? 
Yeah, for the for, for the next round. I didn't think it was. Really? I thought that to avoid each other, don't they? Oh, do they? Possibly. It's going to be tricky for the organisers because there's probably five of them. Yeah, we're taking over, mate. Mm. It's almost like back to that. There was a few years, wasn't there? And it was, I think it was between, what, 2006 and 2010? Mm. 2009, 2010. Mm. When there always seemed to be two or three English teams in the knockout stages and they were always getting through to the semis like mm. the classic Liverpool-Chelsea face-offs yeah. and Man United-Chelsea in the final yeah. and two, two finals right? Mm. United won one and then Chelsea beat United no who did Chelsea no, win? I don't think so or semi maybe another semi there were some classic English trade-offs in the Champions League knockout stages in that period and that hasn't happened for a while well, we could be up for up for some now then exactly and I mm. loved watching that so. right in amongst it in and amongst it. Now, I know... Sorry, what? What? No, I know you wanted to talk about people that have been naughty, maybe, in the football world. Just maybe, yeah, I did. Um, and it's a, it's a sort of... You can tell me, after reading through this story, mm. whether you think he is a bastard okay. or a non-bastard. Okay, yeah. And that's the terminology that we're going to go with, okay? Okay. Bastard! Of the week. <laughs> Are you going to join in every time now? No, probably not. Okay. Um, go for that. Okay, joking. It sounded lovely. Thank you. I, I, I you know, I... <laughs> uh, <laughs> do you know, do you know, I, I, I've got nothing to say. <laughs> so, did you, uh, have you heard, Dave, of Poogate? No. The Poogate scandal. What is this? Uh, it has happened um, in the last few weeks. A 17-year-old Sunderland fan by the name of Callum Mawson. Are you all right? Yeah, fine. Yeah. Uh, Callum Mawson mm. um, basically was accused of dropping a poo in his... Uh, what are you pointing at? Like, nothing. St- st- no, don't nothing. do this no. cryptic. Sorry, if you're going to distract me, just, just say, just stop me. And no, carry on. Okay. <laughs> Um, so yes, there's been a Sunderland fan essentially who there was a picture of him went viral sitting in his chair doing what appeared to be a little poo. Oh, that is awful. Um, and it's, it, uh, then created this whole poo gate st- scandal. Uh, so the Sunderland fan at the center of the so-called poo gate scandal, which allegedly <laughs> saw him defecating in the stands at the stadium of light has been revealed. Um, Callum Mawson, 17, denies the accusation. He purposely laid a turd as his team were beaten 3-1 by Reading, although he admits the Black Cats weren't the only ones who got battered on Saturday. Oh, I see. He was a bit uh, inebriated. Pished, yes. I believe. Um, asked about the build-up to the incident, he claimed to have eaten just two chocolates from his advent calendar on the morning of the match before going ahead and drinking 12 bottles of beer and six pints of fruit cider. He's 17. <laughs> no, that well, he's lying for a start. Bullshit. Yeah. Um... Uh, Quite the sesh for any growing lad. So the Sunderland season ticket holder claims that he was likely so drunk he thought he was on the toilet. (laughs) (laughs) We've all been there, of course. Yeah. You know, watching the football on the toilet, getting confused. Yeah. Yeah. You know, it's it's happened to all of us, right? It's a perfectly logical thing to occur. He said, I'm apologetic for it. (laughs) I'm apologetic? I am sorry. Yes. I didn't defecate on the seat. That's the God's honest truth. I can't recall any of it. What? You just said, I didn't do it. I can't recall. I can't recall any of it. <laughs> no. So Maybe you did. Me, yeah. Uh, I got to the ground, sat in my seat, and the next thing I remember, I was being in the holding cell in the stadium. 
Oh my god! So this was witnessed by fat do by other people. Do all stadiums have holding cells? Yeah, they must or do it now. Just Sunderland. No, no, they would. They would all have to now. <laughs> what? Because of Poogate? Just any crazed fan. So this was witnessed by uh, witnesses. I imagine so, and uh, yeah. probably his mates because they took a picture of him. Well, apparently, uh, the brazen act caused a nearby child to vomit. <laughs> so we did do a shit then. Well, it seems so. I mean, you wouldn't look at someone with their pants down and just vomit, would you? You'd vomit if no. they did a crap. Well, it depends what you were, what you saw. If it wasn't human or human-like. What, what do you mean? I don't know. <laughs> um, yeah, so he obviously forgot. He was so drunk. But he got to the ground and was that drunk during the game. This is what mm. I don't understand about football. How al- did he get Alcoholism in? and hooliganism. Because, like, surely you want to watch the game. Well, it's like people that turn up to gigs or shows blind drunk. Well, you don't, think, well you're so, not going to remember any of some this. Some people use those sort of things as an excuse to get really drunk, don't they? Yeah, but surely they're. But they spent loads of money on the it's ticket. It's a lot. Just go to the pub. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Go to the pub and watch it on TV and shit yourself on the bar stool. Like, so, should we just say he did do it then? I think he did. Yeah. Uh, shall I carry on reading his quote for me? Please. I didn't find out about the whole incident until after until half eleven at night when my friend told me. It was all over Facebook. Gary Lineker had put it on his Twitter. <laughs> of course he had. Uh, it's embarrassing. I'm ashamed. I didn't even know what I was doing. Well, you I, were pooing. I, mean, you were, well, yeah. I didn't even know what I was pooing. You uh, doing. <laughs> Sorry. Uh, he, he drank that much. You know, it's a, it's a pretty harsh lesson to learn at 17. And that happened at Sunderland Stadium. A, the Stadium of Light. Stadium of Shite. The Stadium of Brown. Stadium St- of Shite. Stadium of Shite. It's way better, yeah. Stadium and they're not shite. doing well at the moment, Sunderland. They are... An absolute train wreck at the moment. Well, if they're not careful, I mean, the, the way they're going, they could be relegated to the third tier. <laughs> oh, excellent. Thank you. And that would be a shit season. It would be. Best I could come up with. No, don't worry. It's fine. Yeah. Thinking on my feet. You know? yeah, yeah. A bit uh, like he was. Don't think thinking is the right <laughs> no, word. No, no. I meant... <laughs> Drinking sh- on his feet. Shitting on your feet. Shitting, a, it, Shitting on your seat. Yeah, but there. There right. we go. We got there in the end. Good enough. Um, no, I would say, you asked me to judge it. Is he Is he a bastard? Uh, I can confidently say that uh, he is definitely our um, bastard of the week, Joe. I would concur completely. Bastard! Of the week. What were you sign language? Nothing. No? Nothing. Nothing at I wasn't, all. I was talking to the guy behind you. Very professional. Like it. Okay. Okay. Um, I think we should move on to something a bit lighter after that horrid story. Oh, we could do it. Uh, I say we could do it, Dave. Um, yeah, I think we, sh- we Well, we've got another instalment, Joe, of our um, fantastic. Yeah. A dramatic sitcom. Um, very, very dramatic. Yes, about the um, the uh, Mr. Sullivan and Mr. Gold. So, uh, shall we? Theme? Yeah. It's Sullivan and Gold, the Dildo Brothers. This week's episode: a Johnny for the Dildos. David? Yes, David? Uh, With with all these goals we're letting in, I I think we need some protection and defence. Yes, you're right. What about a Johnny? (laughs) 
what? Gotta get our defenders to wear some condoms. I'll get them measured up. No, no, David. Johnny Evans of East Bromwich. Oh, yes. That makes sense. Is he available? Oh, I hope so, big dirty Irish boy. Oh, you mean for transfer? Yes, David. Well, I know that arse-loving arson of Arsenal is interested. And I think that spanky Sam Allardyce of Everton likes him. And definitely porno Pep of Man City has got his eye on him. Well, we have to make sure we flash the cash to entice him. Maybe I could entice him by flashing my... No, David. Sorry, David. Wow. I do really love that, that theme tune. We can't stop dancing when we oh, come along, can you we? should see us, if well, you could. We'll, we'll have to do a live stream of a whole episode at some point. Okay. Well, really? Yeah, sure. No, they'll be up. Yeah. No, we can do that. Yeah. But that, I mean, that's interesting. Do you think that will happen? We could maybe follow up and we could speak to our friend, Johnny, and find out if there is any truth. Where is he going to go? Is he going to go? I, I think we should absolutely speak to him, yeah. And okay. and I think if West... West Brom's woes yes. continue. Yes. I think it'd be more likely that he leaves in January. Okay. But I think overall, I'd say he won't leave in January. He'll leave in the summer. Okay. Well, because he probably, he's 29. He'll be probably thinking. Big, last big move. Yeah, last big move. Uh, make a little bit more cash, etc. But I can't see him going in, in January. Well, let's life. talk to him. Let's find out. Not now. Next time, yeah? I don't know if he's available. Can I right can I leave that with you in your basket? You can. I mean, you've got his number. I haven't. So. Yeah, I'll, I might run into him in Budgeons again, and I'll set us up with another chat. Well, that'd be great, wouldn't it? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um, you know who else has been in uh, the, the 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 news, Joe? The football news, the football world, the world of football news. Are we talking a certain Mr. Mark? Yes, Clattenburg. Clattenburg. He's made some um, claims. Uh, Very interesting claims. He's indeed. made some comments, hasn't he? Controversial stuff. Yeah, the first big one was uh, the game um, when Leicester, the back in the season when Leicester won the league. Um, in May 2016. Correct. When uh, Tottenham played Chelsea and they sort of went a bit mad. That was probably one of the most exciting and crazy games of football in the Premier League I've seen in a long, long time. He did, yes. Because of what was riding on it. Yes, exactly. Tottenham were in the running, weren't they? They ha- you know, really needed to beat Chelsea. Yeah. Now, what what did he exactly... So, what's his exact comment? Well, um, he said, if you... Hold on one minute. He said that... Um, yes. <laughs> he, said, that. he said, basically, <laughs> um, he, he wanted... He, he, let, he let Tottenham sort of lose their heads, didn't he? He let them go a bit crazy... Yeah, exactly. Which um, I think he means... He let them self-destruct. He let them self-destruct, that's right. And his point was that he he claims he could have quite easily sent two or even three players off in that game yeah. that were deserving red cards, yeah. but didn't and let the game go because he knew that he he would then be in the headlines and people could then say, oh, well, Mark Clattenburg lost us the league because he sent three of our players off. 
And he knew that if he just let them do it themselves... Yeah, it's a, it's a case of self-preservation for yeah. Mark Clattenburg. And, and uh, I kind one of, that I, I back completely. Yeah, I kind of get where he's coming from. Because the I think the wider issue is, uh, I think, a big problem with football. And it's a reason why football gets a lot of stick. Because the referees get treated like shit. Mm. And they don't get respected by the players. Yeah. Um, and this leads to things like this, where he's having to think, right... I'm going to change I'm going to have to change the way I interpret the rules so that I am not the focal point of the yeah, game so that yeah. I don't ruin my career. Yeah. When has a rugby referee ever had to consider that or a no. cricket umpire? The whole situation is totally fucked up. Yeah. Because for that to even be a consideration of a, re- a professional referee. Because they shouldn't be to c- save even considering career. that. They shouldn't have to consider that. They sh- it should just be black and white. That's a foul, that's a yellow card, that's a red card done yeah. w- whatever the circumstances and whatever the results of that and and let's say hypothetically that he interpreted the rules in the same way that he always did and he sent off Eric Dyer he sent off I can't remember Dembele I think Dembele and he sent off some others yeah uh, and, and Tottenham were down to eight men yeah and they lost significantly ideally you shouldn't blame the ref because the evidence is right fucking in front of you these players were hacking each other down and they deserve red cards yeah like the fans shouldn't even consider well it was a ref's fault Exactly, yeah. Because they're red cards from from violent conduct or terrible unprofessional tackles or professional fouls, depending on how you look at it. Yeah. Uh, and the referee, it shouldn't be like, well, it was his fault. Yeah. Because look, the rules are there. If you want to go and look at the rules, they're written down. Mm. And uh, this this uh, this is the thing that I hate about football, to be honest with you. Okay. <laughs> what is? Oh, you've just said it. What yes. Is? Yeah. Yes. It's the culture of how we treat the game and how we look at the game. It's, yeah. Is the big problem. Yeah. At, at the professional level. Yeah. Not necessarily at grassroots. I agree. I don't, I'm still not comfortable with the whole first name term thing with the ref and the players and all that. No, it should be. Um, yeah, uh, the whole the whole culture needs to be slow. I'm not saying they, he's time. got to be referred to as sir or Mister Referee, but just don't use names. No, just go ref. Just don't make it personal. Yeah, ref. And when he's referring to players, just don't use a name. Just refer to them as you. Yeah, yeah. Keep I... it. Keep it. Um, keep it official. That's what they're there for. Because to they officiate. are officials. They're there to officiate officially. officially yes. Yeah. And but there's no fish involved. No fish. No fishing. Um, <laughs> but he's then on from there made another comment about a game early on in his career where um, he was so intimidated by... He, it, the ball went out in, in, a ma- in a game with Man United. Right. Um, and it went out and he initially was going to give a, a goal kick or... a or a corner, whichever way. Yeah. And he was so intimida- intimidated by Roy Keane shouting at him to give it the other way that, that he did. <laughs> He's come out and said that. Um, yeah. So I think just say the first one. <laughs> don't don't then come out and then go, oh, and also, yeah. no, know when to stop. Don't reveal all of the... Uh... Yeah. What else have you done? <laughs> yeah, exactly. Yeah. yeah. I, I don't know. I, I, I just think referees are put in an incredibly compromising position with the way that the game's put together. And I, I sympathise with them a lot. And I don't think they get any credit mm. or half enough credit as they should do. You know? No. Um, and, you know, when you see managers tearing referees to pieces, yes, sometimes you may think that they deserve it, but that opens the door for everybody else to then use the referee as a scapegoat. Mm. And I think it's amazingly unprofessional. Yeah. Um, I think also, and I have maintained this point for some time, not on this podcast, but just, you know, between friends and other colleagues between audience yeah, yeah. <laughs> uh, I've, i think may have said it's your audience actually at, uh, start at times if, yeah. I've, if i've ever met them yeah is that i think it's a what has been missing for years and years and years is for the referee to just do a short post-match interview 
where he can explain some of his decisions, he's got the opportunity to say, well, that's why I booked him. Yeah. And then we could go, oh, okay, yeah, kind of see, and I see it now. And he's also got the opportunity to go, I've seen it back. Um, yeah, I, you know what? I, I did think I made a mistake there, but it happened in real time and I didn't have the 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 luxury of going back and looking in slow motion. But having seen it, yeah, I think maybe I did, I did that was an error in, in judgment. And I just think they'd get a lot more respect for that, for just being honest. And yeah, just, maybe, yeah. Do maybe. you know what I mean? Maybe. At least coming out, just a short interview, explain the big talking points in the game, and people go, oh, yeah, okay, fair enough. Yeah, I, I, perhaps, perhaps. But then they could be opening themselves up for... Further problems, yeah. And and I again, using rugby as a... As a as a case study, they don't do that then. No, well, yeah, in rugby, what well, I, I don't need to explain myself. That's uh, my decision. I think um, this this would cause a lot of problems initially, but I think after a while, it would sort a lot of things out. Yeah. Have a have a mic on the ref. Yeah, and, <laughs> yeah, and and then of course get that bleep button ready. Then of course you would literally have a zero tolerance on bad language. Mm. Uh, and if we have a sin bin system, you swear within earshot of the ref, yellow card, ten minutes in sin bin. Yeah, you like I said, I I don't want to come into loads of stick with this because you know you would have probably a long period of some crazy football games. Yeah, as a result, but the culture does need to change. Five aside games, it's it's yeah exactly. <laughs> it's an incredibly unprofessional game. Yeah, when you think about it. Yeah, um, and they're getting incredibly professional wages. Yeah, <laughs> and they're incredible role models for society. Yeah, and yet, well, but they're not. But I mean, they're, they're they incredibly be. prominent role yeah. models for society. Yeah, uh, yeah. Anyway, so I've got the um, quote in front of me from Clattenburg um, uh, for the Chelsea Tottenham game. Okay, uh, and he said he went in with a game plan. Yeah. So it was premeditation, um, and he said I allowed them Spurs to self-destruct. So all the media, all the people in the world went. Tottenham lost the title. If I sent three players off from Tottenham, what are all the headlines? Clattenburg cost Tottenham the title. It was pure theatre that Tottenham self-destructed against Chelsea and Leicester won the title. Yeah. So true. I guess his his critics saying that he helped script it. Yeah, but, I think he but, could have worded it better. Yeah. But I get I see where he's coming from. I'm still completely on his side. Yeah. Because they're put in a position of you cannot win. They mm. are always the villain to somebody, right? Yeah. So you have to go in with some kind of game plan. You have to consider the context of that game. Otherwise, you're you're behind everything. Yeah. Okay. And you can make blind decisions, you know. Mm, that wouldn't work, would mm, it? Blind referees? Certainly not, no. no nothing no. against blind people, but... I've always thought... Uh, what's your take on this, right? I've always thought that a linesman on either side that follows the entire game top to bottom would be better as well. So you're talking about four linesmen rather than two? No, two that follow the game top to bottom. It's a lot. There's a lot more running for them. Yeah, just have four. <laughs> just have four. Could have four, but then right, they well, might that, run into each other, though. They might do. But then, if you've got two linesmen that follow the game entirely, left to right, mm. you've got three decisions there. Yeah, and they can oh, they, see, yeah. they can all bleep right, and then you can the ref can decide best of three. Oh yeah, I see. So for an offside, because a best of two is your guess is as good as mine, right? Yeah. But a best of three is a point of three, and you have a majority. You can't have a majority of two, you, and you can't really argue with that, can you? Well, unless it's proved otherwise, you can argue with it less. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, yeah. You know, and and a situation where the referee, uh, where it's on the, you know, the the let's say there's a horrible foul on one side of the pitch that's the opposite side of the linesman for that half, mm. then you know you've got a linesman there. Yeah. Okay. As put well, it, put it into writing. Send it in, uh, and let us know what they say. Mm. I won't. 
Yeah, to be oh, honest well, with you. Then, well, then you shouldn't have said it in then the first place. Then it can't place. complain. Yeah, stop moaning. <laughs> You're not going to implement You're your not ideas. allowed an opinion on it yeah, if you exactly. don't act on it. Exactly. No, that's the rules. That is the rules. <laughs> that is the rules. Okay. Um, so I believe you've got something for us about yeah. a certain uh, Brazil and Real Madrid legend. Yeah, don't uh, say his name. Let me just ask you this. Okay. Joe. Yes, Dave. What do you think was the uh, is one of the best free kicks um, in... Uh, in 1997, um, between say Brazil and France, uh, I'd have to say it was probably Roberto Carlos's free kick well, against France in 1997. What a coincidence! Because that is the free kick I want to talk about. Okay, good. So um, amazing! It was they call it the banana free kick. Yes, it was. It, I mean, you watch it from the angle from behind him. We all know the one we're talking about. It was about what 38, 40 meters out, and it went yeah. round the wall. It went round the wall and into Barthez's and bottom you, corner. Ooh. You look at it, you go, "That one, that's going wide." And then, right at the last minute, whipped in. Yeah, amazing curler. Mm-hmm. But he didn't hit across the ball, really, did he? He didn't he just curl it. it. He, he just, just hit, hit it, it hard. He just hit it, hard. and it was something to do with the. So, what caused that movement? Yeah. Do you know what caused it? Wind. No, he's come out. He's put. He's put the. He's he's had enough. He he's said, put the issue to bed. Has he? He has. Wind. This, this is an interview with his a, wind. Just a wind. Right. Just nature's wind. Did all the players on that side of the pitch go? Mother Earth. Oh, okay. He said in an interview with Lequipe Explore. Yeah. The ball was going completely wide, but the wind brought it back to goal. It was a miracle. I don't I think, think it, it means it was a fluke. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah. There's a difference. He's getting his words mixed up. <laughs> well, he's um, probably religious. So. so there you go. And it turns out he did try that a lot more before and after that, and it never worked. Well, but he, he I, I, that was the golden era of watching football for me. Was that um, the golden era of wind? Yes. <laughs> the the Galactico squad. Yeah. Um, and. I have a lot of memories, none too specific, however, but a lot of memories of him trying to bang in those powerful yeah. free kicks with that ridiculous long run-up that he, he did. Yeah, and his ridiculously and big thighs. He, yeah, I feel like they chafed together and his left one was bigger than his right. Probably. But um, I don't remember anything going in, you know. Mm-hmm. I don't remember... He took a lot of free kicks, but I don't remember him actually scoring or getting any of them on target. But what he, of course, was amazing at was powerful long shots, but not in the context of a free kick because it always hit the wall. Yeah, he'd never seem to get them under the wall, well, and good. he certainly wouldn't curl them round the wall. Wasn't windy enough, was uh, it? Yeah, there we go. France is renowned for its wind, right? Is Isn't it all it? the wine and the cheese? Well, we know. I mean, that's. I mean, anyone who's into weather knows that. Oh yeah, of course. Uh, I mean, I don't need to. I don't need to teach you. I'm not going to teach you how to suck eggs. So it's not get... the wine, the cheese, the snails, the frogs. It's the wind, right? Yeah. So there you go. It wasn't <laughs> that good. It was just a windy day, and yeah. it just blew in. Right. That's it. That's all. I just wanted to clear that up for you because I know it's probably playing on your mind. It has been since 19... Well, about for about 10 years. Yeah, really. so well, you relax. Okay, yeah. relax. Oh, sorry, 20 years. <laughs> yes. You've only been worrying about it's it for 10 years. It's not 2007. Yeah. No. Uh, yeah. Is it? No. Okay. No. Good. 2017. Correct. Very nearly 2018. It's not important, is it? Not really, no. I believe you've got some anagrams for us, Dave. I've got some anagrams. I did some last week, and I know you like them. These are... <clears throat> uh, these make my week, to okay. be honest with you. And it's, it's just a nice little silly thing to uh, to finish on, isn't it? It's lovely. So, uh, no, uh, no particular order. Lovely. Edwin van der Sar. A dwarf's dinner. A dwarf's dinner. Yes. <laughs> I like it. <laughs> okay. Okay. Oh, I'm going to sit down for an Edwin van der Sar. Yes, yeah, with my little friends. 
with my uh, little audience. <laughs> <laughs> Dimitar Berbatov. Bad vibrator time. <laughs> time. Yeah. Bad vibrator time. Yeah. Uh, love, have you got the... Uh, no, not now. It's bad vibrator time. <laughs> oh, no. I could, you could use my good vibrator. <laughs> I've used the bad one instead. <laughs> oh. <laughs> uh, Neil Warnock, Colin Wanker. <laughs> <laughs> I like the very flat delivery of that one. Yeah, like you just it has threw it in to there be. very quickly. It has to be. Like it. Alex Ferguson. Sex organ fuel. Sex <laughs> organ fuel? Yeah. <laughs> Amazing. Which I think means um, those little blue, blue tablets that some people... T- I don't know <coughs> what they uh, are. I don't but, know uh, what you're talking about. Don't need it, mate. No problems down there. Don't worry about that. Uh, Ryan Giggs. Saggy ring. Saggy ring. Oh God, <laughs> yeah. poor Ryan. Yes, saggy ring. I mean, the ring. That's a that's a sphincter, it's, isn't it's it? Specific, which yeah. is supposed to be a very taut. Yeah, if that gets saggy, Perhaps then what's he been up it's to? It's overused. I don't know. Oh, overused in terms of he shits a lot, or maybe it's, other um, nefarious. Activities. I don't know. Colin Wanker's been having some bad vibrator time with a saggy with ring. Saggy ring, yeah. clearly. Yeah, clearly. Uh, Peter Crouch, crotch. Puree. <laughs> oh, <laughs> just God. Sounds, it just sounds awful. That's visually... <laughs> that's a strong image. Uh, Dylan, oh. I was just uh, doing laundry and uh, noticed... I don't, what is that in your uh, undercrackers? Oh, don't worry, love. That's just some crotch puree. <laughs> undercrackers. Oh, thank God for that. Oh, it's your crotch puree. Oh, that's fine. I thought it was... Uh, I, I don't know what accent that <laughs> no, was. No idea. It was a lanky accent. Lanky? I do lanky quite well. Okay. <laughs> Carry on. No, I've got one more for you. One more. Good. Um, Andy Gorham, Randy Mong. Randy Mong. <laughs> you like ending with a Randy one, don't you? Yeah. Randy Mong. Yeah, I like which, it. I like. It sort of goes with him a bit, doesn't it? I mean, I don't know what, what his personality is like. I don't know if he's Randy, but um, so in what way does it go with him then? The, the Mong, Mong part. The Mong of bit. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> poor, uh, poor Andy or Randy. <laughs> poor Randy. And poor Randy. Yeah. That's uh, it. That's them all. That's well, your anagrams. Well, once again, Dave, um, I enjoyed that very much. I did. As also. Very much. I did also. It was, I enjoyed the whole episode, actually. Did you? Yeah, this time around. You know what? I think I've enjoyed 42 of them in a row, actually. That's that's quite good. And I it's guess, consistent. I guess that's the reason why there are 42 of them. Yes. Because partly. if it started to decline, then we'd have to stop, wouldn't we? Well, yeah, you know, and, but but then of course we wouldn't um, earn millions of pounds. Um, but you know, no. Well, so the same then. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so thanks again for listening, everybody. Thank um, you. Find us on Facebook, on Twitter at Round the Back Pod, uh, our website roundtheback.com. Uh, we are now, of course, as you heard from the tag at the beginning, part of the Podnose Network. Um, some fantastic stuff on there all of our archive uh, all of our 42 episodes will be on there as well as some other amazing podcasts check them out yes do there's Um, lots of good ones lots of good ones and give us a review on iTunes too and if you come across any interesting stories any wacky football stuff or anything interesting uh, get in touch via our Facebook or our Twitter and who knows you might feature in an episode We, we will name check you Absolutely. Whether you like it or not. Or what if you don't know? If you ask us specifically not to, then we won't. Well, I don't know about that. Oh, okay. In the interest of journalism, I don't know. Maybe we won't. I'm not sure. <laughs> okay. Well, what are you leaning in for there? I was just moving the microphone with oh, my so face. Try and um, kiss me or something. It's quite romantic. No, this so. microphone's great. I can literally move it with my face and it doesn't make noises. Look, see? 
Oh, yeah. Well, that, well, that chair, was the chair. The yeah. chair makes noises. Oh, yeah. I haven't got all the gear yet. I, don't I haven't got a silent chair. Right, come on. Let's go. Let's go and have a bath. Uh, yeah, all right. Yeah, I need to scrub you off, don't I? What? Scrub? What? Bye. Oh, did I uh, overstep the... Um... Shall I press the button, Dave? Yes, please. <laughs>